This morning, Pastor Glenn is continuing the encounter series that he began last week. This series is all about the life change that comes when you encounter the presence of God. So grab your Bible and join us as we hear from the word of the Lord. Good morning. It's great to be with you this morning, even if it's online and through the internet. Um, it's good to be able to gather together and connect in this way. Last week, we began a new series called Encounter, really focusing on this idea of encountering the presence and power of God in a life-changing way. I, I believe that's possible. In fact, I actually believe that it's essential to our walk with God and following Jesus to have that sense that we've encountered God. I said last week that Faith City Church can be known for a lot of things. We can be known for our music. We can be known for our hospitality. We can be known for being friendly. And we're all of those things. But deep down, I really want us to be known as a church, as a people, when we gather together, that that is, that is a time and a place where people encounter the powerful, life-changing presence of Almighty God. As we said last week, God is spirit and we must worship him. We encounter him in spirit and in truth. I want to take a moment and just pray right there. God, I just thank you, Lord, that we can come together through the internet, through the different ways to be able to worship you today and to hear from your word. God, I pray that we would encounter your presence. God, open the heavens and just come down and be with your people. Come into our living rooms, come into our, 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 you know, our kitchens, wherever we are watching this, Lord, come in and be with us in such a tangible way, in a life-changing way today. Lord, may your word like really, really sink into our hearts and may it transform our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love the story of the Old Testament man named Moses. Now, he had an encounter with God in a very unique, spectacular way. And it's recorded in the Old Testament where, where he saw a burning bush and heard a voice speaking from that, that bush. It was, it was rather, rather different, rather strange, rather unique. And through that conversation, God actually asked him to do something. And after Moses argued with God for a while and highlighted all the reasons why he wasn't the right man for the job, God finally convinced him to actually lead the nation of Israel out of captivity, out of bondage in Egypt. And so we have in the, in the book of Exodus, we, we actually have the record of that journey of Moses leading these people, um, a very stubborn bunch, but leading this people through the desert to the promised land. I want to pick up that story in chapter 33. We've, they've come out of Egypt, they've traveled in the desert, they've had part of their journey. And in Exodus, Exodus 33, after wandering the desert, we, we sense that, there, or we see that God speaks to Moses about these re rebellious Israelites and in chapter 33, verse 3, it says, God speaking to Moses says, Go up into the land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go with you because you are a stiff-necked people and I might destroy you along the way. How's that for a statement? How would you like that to be said about you? Go enter the promised land, but I'm not going because I'll most likely destroy you if I go. It, if any of you are familiar with The Prince's Bride, it's, it's a funny movie. It's a kind of a cult classic, but it's like, it's almost like when the dread pirate Robert says, Good night, Wesley. Good work. 
sleep well, I'll most likely kill you in the morning. It's just that same kind of a funny line. But God says, I'm not going with you because I'll destroy you if I do. So then Moses and God get into this great exchange because Moses knows that God has to go with him. So we pick it up in verse 12 of chapter 33. Moses said to the Lord, he says, God, you've been telling me, lead these people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. You've said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me, but if, if you're pleased with me, God, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation, the nation of Israel, is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? Moses had made a lot of mistakes, but he got this one right. God made all the difference to him. He knew that if God doesn't go, then we're not going. He made that decision. If there's anything that distinguishes Faith City Church, as I said, from other organizations in our city, it should be that God is with us. If there's anything that distinguishes, distinguishes churches from any other organizations across our city, across our nation, around the world, it should be the presence and power of God. God, we can't go forward if you don't go with us. I'm convinced that God is already in our future waiting for us to get there. You know, we have a worship team that's committed to ushering in the presence and power of God. We have a board and staff that understands that if God doesn't go with us, that if we don't have God in it, then it's going to fail. That without God, we can do nothing. We are a church that believes deeply and values deeply the power and presence of God. That's who we are. It's part of what makes us who we are. When we experience the presence of God, we get a glimpse of the majesty and the heart of God. We, we get an insight into who he is. We get a glimpse of the presence and, and it'll mess us up in a good way. It, we become wrecked, I'll say, in the presence of God. Unveiled, undone in the presence of a holy God. You see, the presence of God is not always warm and fuzzy. It's not always, you know, a hug from God. It's not always that, you know, that soft mercy. We're talking about God Almighty. We're talking about the creator of the universe. We're, we're talking about the one that has life and death in a whisper, in a word. He can speak things into being and he can speak things out of being. He's righteous. He's powerful. We have an amazing account of the prophet Isaiah encountering, having this, this God moment, having this encounter with the presence of God that's recorded in Isaiah chapter 6. And it's, it's, it's incredible. It's life-changing. And this was, this was more than just a daydream. This was more than just, you know, a, a, something that just flittered by. This was, this was an encounter with God. So Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 9, it says this. In the year, I want you to picture this as I read it. In the year that King Uzziah died, 
I saw the Lord, high and exalted and seated on a throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were were seraphim, angels, each with six wings. With with two wings they covered their faces. With two wings they covered their feet. And with, with two wings they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. All of the earth is full of his glory. And the sound of their voices, at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I'm ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. This is a powerful encounter for this prophet. I mean, he was a mess. He was undone. He goes, he realized, I'm not clean. I'm, I'm pure. I'm not pure. I'm in the presence of a holy God. I'm a dead man here. It impacted him. I'm unclean. These people are unclean. And God is holy. I mean, it was a revelatory moment for him. It was, it was powerful. You know, when we, when we encounter the presence of God... It will bring conviction. It will bring conviction. Conviction is kind of a bad word in our culture. In our, you know, in our, we think of that as a very, very negative thing. I mean, God is love, right? Like God is His mercy. Not, yes, He is all those things. But but God is pure. God is holy. God is righteous. God is powerful. Leviticus nineteen. Verse 1 and 2 says, The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the entire assembly, the nation of Israel, and say to them, Be holy because I am holy. You know, conviction is a recognition of our sin in comparison to the purity of God. And we put them in stark contrast. We're not perfect, but God is. And God's best for us comes from when we yield to that conviction and through that process of the conviction of sin. I recognized in my own life that, that nothing has had the kind of profound effect on me as, as being in the presence of God and experiencing him in powerful ways. And that's happened on different occasions. I can remember in the early days of my marriage, uh, you know, Debbie and I were much younger than we are now. There, there was this period of time where there was a conviction of, of purity. I had uh, gone with the, uh, my senior pastor to a uh, district conference, and they'd actually been giving out a book called Every Man's Battle there. And there just seemed to be a grace on the life of the church at that time of to be dealing with this idea of sexual purity in the life of the church. And it was, it was, it was powerful just to see that. And, and, and the cool thing was is that the senior pastor at that time had the courage to go there. He, he had the courage to address it. And, and it just, and understand that it was the presence and power of God in our gatherings that was at work, that was working in and through this whole process. And it was powerful. It was fueled by God's presence. God was up to something as we gathered together. And, and it sparked conviction, but it brought transformation. It was, it was huge. 
If, if we go to verse 6 of this, of this chapter 33, it says, Then one of the seraphim, one of the angels, flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from, with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth, and he said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. The angel provided cleansing for the prophet. He, he freed him from the guilt that he carried and allowed him to be in the presence of a holy God. The angel made that, that, that connection. God doesn't just leave us in hopeless conviction. God, God meets us there and brings cleansing to us in the presence of God. Now for us living in the New Testament, on, in this side of the New Testament, we, we know that that cleansing comes from Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for us. His blood washes our sin. It cleanses us and brings us that freedom from guilt and sets us free and breaks the bondages of our past and from sin. God's conviction and God's kindness lead us to repentance and cleansing. You know, oh, the blessed freedom that comes from being set free and being relieved of guilt. It's, it's a precious, precious thing. Verse 8 says, Then I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. And then God said in verse 9, He said, Go and tell this people. And then it's this whole prophecy that, that Isaiah was to bring to the people. The prophet's response to the encounter was one of surrender, of, of, of coming and laying himself down, of obedience, of obedience availability. He said, here am I. When he came to that place of encountering God's presence, it brings commitment. So, so it brought commitment from him. Isaiah didn't even, he didn't even ask where. He just said, who will, who will go for us? And, and Isaiah is like, here I am, send me. He didn't even ask. He just said he was available. He was suddenly aware of a cause greater than himself. He was, he was all of a sudden aware of a purpose that God had for him, and he was all in. Isaiah heard the voice of the Lord. And in verse 9, God said, go and tell the people. You know, when we encounter the, the presence of God and the power of God, we experience conviction, we experience cleansing, we move to commitment, and then there's the commission. So there's the conviction, we're in the presence of God. Then there's the cleansing that God brings through Jesus. And then we find our place in this place of committing to what God has called us to do. And then there's the commission where God says, go. A revelation of God to us will help us to see that we are people of purpose. That he has plans for us. And it's bigger than us. And God says, go. You know, personally... You know, that's a surrendered life, you know, walking in obedience to what God has called us to do. You know, as believers, we're, we're part of God's redemptive plan for our city, for our, the people around us, for those in our circle of influence, for, in the realm that we, we operate in. You know, you have a purpose. You have a purpose in God. God created you for a reason. You are a part of it. You have a unique call on your life that only you can fulfill. 
when we think of it on our computer screen, it's like each pixel matters. Like when they do, when your pixels aren't there, you know, there's holes in the pictures. Like with us, it's like it's small. You can't see a pixel by itself, but you take them out and, and collectively it makes a huge difference to the bigger picture. We are the same. Each of us has a part to play and God wants us to be a part of it. Now, corporately, for us, us as, as faith city church. That's, that's recognizing that, that it remains, that, that faith is our foundation, city is our mission, and church is who we're called to be. It's like it's bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the heart of our city and beyond, even in a time of a pandemic. It's that recognition that, you know, we are commissioned. God has called us to something so much bigger than us individually, but each of us has a part to play in seeing that fulfilled. It's bringing the gospel to the city. It's living missionally and intentionally, even during the pandemic. You know, when we approach God's presence in, in humility, in, in authenticity, in coming to him, when we bear our souls and we, and we strip ourselves of, of, you know, all the things we think that make us worthy and even all the things that we think makes us unworthy, we experience conviction, we experience cleansing, we experience commitment, and we experience the commissioning that goes with it. It's powerful. You know, I'm actually praying that this message makes you a little bit uncomfortable or makes all of us a little bit uncomfortable in a good way today. That it's like, it kind of rubs up against some things that maybe in this season, we would like just to stay hidden. Like we would like just to be able to ignore. You know, you know I just pray that we would encounter the presence of God in such a way that it strips away so many things, that, that it makes us aware of our lives in a deeper way, that, that anything that's not right, that anything that's between us and God or between us and others, that those things would come to the, to the surface, that it would be like, God, search my heart. God, know me. God, shine your light in there. God, help, help me to see those things that, that you see that don't please you. And God, cleanse me from those things. I'm a mess, Lord, and I live in a culture that's a mess. But God, I come to you and I, and I just re, re, open my heart to be revealed before you and for you to see me. But I pray that we would recognize that and not stay there. That we would recognize that we're, we're a mess and that we would receive cleansing. That we, that we would receive the freedom, that we would ultimately commit to that great commission. You know, the internet is a beautiful thing. It allows us to do this. There's so much good out there, but I'm not so naive to know or to not know that there is a just so much garbage on the internet. And the secrecy of it sometimes is so enticing and in this time of isolation and, and being alone and being separated from others, there's things that can get into our spirits. There's things that can, can come across our screen and that can suck us in. And we know that some of those things are just far from pleasing to God. But you know, I believe in this season, even with all those things there, that God wants to encounter us, that the spirit of God can come in and bring freedom from those things that can set us free, that can, can really minister, us, minister to us in a deep way. So I want to pray for us.
you know, we've gone through some, some things here, but I just, I want to pray for us that we encounter the presence of God and we're open to that. And as God, as his spirit comes into you, it's into our homes and, and through this message and through the worship, that as the power of God is there, that it would, that would bring that conviction, but it would bring the freedom that goes with it. Let me pray for you. And then, and then I want to speak to those that might not even be Christians yet. Now, you know what? I'm going to do that first. You might be listening to this this morning and, and you're far from God. You're, you're not a believer, but you somehow you stumbled upon this site or somebody invited you and you're here and you've heard this and you've heard about encountering the presence of God and, and how I've displayed it. And it's like, like maybe a little unnerving. Let me, let me assure you that God accepts us when we come to him. God never rejects us. As, as we come and as we're honest and we're open to God, he accepts us. And he desires for each of us to have a relationship with him. He desires that no one would perish, but everyone would have eternal life in him. That could be you today. That God is, is drawing your heart and he's saying, come to me. Find the freedom, find the cleansing, find, find the hope, find purpose, find, find life and life in abundance. If that's you today, can I just encourage you to reach out to God, just to confess from your heart with just in as authentic way as you can that you're a sinner, that you're far from God. I know we use that word sinner and it's like, but it's just that it means that you know that your, your relationship with God is broken, that you're not perfect, that, that you've, you know, you've fallen. We admit that to God. And we just ask, God, forgive me. God, forgive me for those things that I've done wrong and those times that I've fallen short. Jesus, come in, through Jesus, we, he's, we believe that's we're saved through Christ. Jesus, come into my heart. Make me alive in you. Make me a new creation, God. Save me from my sin. Save me from myself. Save me from my past. God, set me free. Cleanse me and help me to walk with you from this day forward. Can, can we just pray together real quick? God, I come to you. I admit that I'm a sinner. Jesus, come into my heart. Set me free today. I want to follow you. Make me your son or daughter today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've prayed that prayer, let us know. You can make a comment or, you know, we'll, we'll give you instructions on that at the end of the service. But I want to pray for, for all of us right now. I want to pray um, just over our homes and over our city. So God, I just pray right now that your presence and your power would flood every room, every living room, every place where people are, are listening to this, this uh, broadcast right now, Lord, every place, God, that your presence, your power, your spirit would flood every heart with your presence. Open the floodgates of heaven, oh God, and come down and make your presence known. Pour out your, your spirit across our city, across our region, across our nation, across our world. May people encounter the life-changing power and presence of Almighty God. May you, may you transform lives. May you bring change. May you bring transformation. Search our hearts, O oh God. Set us free from those things that so easily entangle us, O oh God. Those things that, that tie us up and hold us back, Lord. Search those things out, God. We lay them at your feet. Set us free from those things in, the, in, in your name, Jesus, right now. Cleanse us, O oh God. Purify us, from even from the secret things. Wash us white as snow by your blood. Lord, by your Holy Spirit, bring us supernatural commitment 
to our commission to be your ambassadors, to be your representatives, to be, to be light, to be hope, to bring, to bring truth to our city, to those in our circle of, of influence. Lord, we, we commit ourselves to you afresh. We say, God, have your way. God, transform our city. God, save the lost. Lord, bring revival to our region, even in this time of, an, of a pandemic, oh God. Be glorified and transform our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. God is for you. God loves you. And God wants to transform our lives for his glory. Let's be part of the, that, that commission to change our world this week. God bless.